What's up, Gimpy? Just hanging in there, man. Yeah? It's a nice looking uh, brace you got there. That's nicer than the one I got when uh, I did mine. I bought this on Amazon. Oh, they gave aftermarket. Me a... They gave you that cheap cloth. Yeah, it was super thing. uncomfortable. So I bought this. Only 15 bucks. It's got a little gear holder. Lots of straps. Oh, you got you got like a little. Uh, it's like the overlanding edition. You got all the the <laughs> compartments and everything. Yeah, man, I'm ready, ready to go. Wow. Well, uh, hello, folks. Welcome to the Narnomies MTB podcast. I'm your host, as always, Josh, and we are uh, in an interesting episode. I believe this is episode 27, and it's kind of a somber one, a little bit, uh, because we have. Uh, Shreddy here with me who is uh, Trent is injured on the injured list for the first time ever really jeez that's the craziest thing is I'm thinking about it's like I've now been mountain biking probably for four years I think maybe a little longer and I've never had a serious injury that kept me off the bike for more than a couple of days until now dude that's that's nuts we were kind of saying how you've been biking for a long time, and it uh, it's kind of amazing you made it this long. Yeah. I mean, you know how I ride. I'm pretty conservative and calculated about stuff. So. Ish. I mean, I never do things that I don't feel 100% comfortable doing. Yeah. And that's, like, why I'm sure, like, since you've been out for some amount of times from injuries, like, I replay the like the crash and like the thinking that I was doing before the crash in my head, like I've had dreams about it. Cause I'm like, God damn it. Like it was such a dumb thing. Like most accidents are. And you know, it's like, I feel like I'm always hyper-focused when it's some big future or something like riding down a trail at Windrock or Pine or something where like you have to be focused. And it's like the little stuff like last Friday where you're just kind of fucking around and not paying much attention shit happens you know well yeah we we don't we're gonna get into the details of it all um but i guess we should start with the how the day kicked off so it was actually a great day so we went uh to jared's you and i um and per usual we had a few other guys that were thinking about coming and they all <laughs> bailed and uh we get to jared's basically at opening and it's great weather. It was cold out. It was nice. Uh, the trails, it was dry, but it wasn't like crazy dusty. It was oh, pretty good, good shape. Yeah, they blew everything. Um, I was I was really impressed. We we did most all the trails, and honestly, we both were having a blast the whole the whole day. I mean, it was a good uh, good. I mean, you did a ton of drops, a ton of crazy stuff. I got some photos i uh, videos i posted on instagram and they're pretty sweet from the upper mountain yeah i mean we were both riding really well this is a great day really good day at jared's yeah and so we we rode uh for yeah probably four hours and and then this always happens we we're kind of wrapping up and last run last run almost last run i guess yeah and we uh, i guess to start off with Jared's built this new downhill track and they're just finishing it up. It's not open yet. And I was just kind of jokingly talking to the 
the guys at Jared's, the, the guys that work there, and I was like, you know, you guys always talk about testing these new runs, but it's always you practical pros that test them that are sending everything to the limit, and you never have, like, subpar riders test them. And I said, if you ever want any testers, you know, we're your guys. We're, we're not the guys that are just going to go send every gap and just, you know, take it to the limit. Uh, so they actually said, yeah, that's a good point. We need, we need some subpar riders to roll some of this stuff and actually see what it's like, uh, because we have all sorts of caliber riders and they have this go nuts race coming up and they have beginners do it. And so they actually took us up on our offer. So I want to disclose this because we're going to talk about this new DH run. No one ride it, please. It's not going to be open until the end of the month after the race or for the race. Um, but they just, uh, you know, because we're part of the Narnomies and we're tight with those guys and they just wanted some newbie riders to come try it out. Uh, Will uh, let us test it. And he knew that if anything was to happen, we wouldn't blame him for anything. Uh, it was kind of like that agreement. Um, so, yeah, so we went up to the top and he took us uh, to... I guess we went to mid, mid midpoint. Midpoint, yeah. yeah, because the upper wasn't nearly done yet. And so we went to the midpoint and rode it, which is really more of the flowy kind of machine built uh, kind of section anyway. Yeah, it's jumps mostly. Yeah, and features and stuff. And so Will led us, and he was riding, you know, a lot slower than he normally does and kind of calling stuff out. And you were following, and I was in the back because I'm definitely the slowest. And yeah, it was fun. Like, it was actually, it was weird. I described it as like dirt powder because it was so dry and it, but it was like loam, but there was like, it wasn't packed in yet. So it was a lot of off camber and, and kind of dirt powder kind of turns and, uh, the berms were really nice. And then they had that one section where there was like these three logs that you, you could jump or I rolled them and almost fell. Uh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. There were like three back to back logs, uh, drops and then uh and then that giant bridge which it's like twice the size of the other one they have off local pro and it yeah it's an interesting feature yeah it, it freaked me 15 out 15 feet off the ground probably they said 16 yeah, it's, 16 it's feet up there and it's steeper it's more way, it's steeper, way yeah. steeper and i i feel confident i can do it my problem was they haven't grip painted it yet and so it's just slick raw wood and I watched Will do it, and of course he's really good. He just rolled it just to show us. And then you went, and I saw you skid because you were braking on it, and it, your tire kind of slid a little bit and marked it. And I was like, "Ooh, that's slick." I don't. And knowing me, I would brake on it harder. And so I was like, "You know what? It's the end of the day. I'm not going to risk it." So I walked around and met up with you guys, and then we kept going. And then. I'll, I'll have you finish the rest off of what your recollection was of it. Yeah, I mean, it was just an easy trail for the most part. Uh, did that wood feature, which wasn't really a big deal. You could easily do it. Um, and then <laughs> Will is up ahead of me, and the last feature, literally the last fucking jump on the whole trail, is a small gap that I easily could do you know it's like a three or four <coughs> gap, not a big deal and it's the last jump to the parking lot like to the shuttle pickup 
But the way the jump was built, and you might not even remember, but like, you can't see the landing. Or you can see the landing, but you cannot see there's like a hole from, you can't see if it's a gap, basically. So there's like a drainage ditch or something in between the lip and the landing. I couldn't see it because of my vantage point. And so I came in going fast, but not crazy fast. Like I was not doing anything stupid, in my opinion. I just wasn't expecting there to be a hole. And so by the time I got up to the lip, it was too late. And so I sort of tried to like roll it down into the ditch, sort of tried to jump it, but also hit the brakes. So it was just like a, I should have just popped off it as hard as I could, but I kind of panicked in the moment, hit the brakes, went like into the ditch, the front of the bike hit the, the landing lip basically and went over the bars and just like sandwiched the right side of my body onto the rocky lip of the, of the landing. And, uh, I knew pretty much instantly that it was not just one of those crashes where I was going to get up and be like, Oh damn, I didn't hear anything pop, but like the bump on my shoulder was there immediately. And, uh, you know, I, the pain was pretty severe also. Um, so yeah, it was one of those dumb things, man. Like so many other features that we did that day were the ones that you would fall on and really hurt yourself. And it's just this last very simple gap jump that I should have been going slower on. I should have been paying more attention on a trail I'd never been on and didn't. And now I'm paying the price. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was, pretty far behind you guys so when i got there will started running up to me he was like stop josh stop and i I didn't know what he was talking about and then i crest right at there and i see you just collapse like in that ditch and i was like oh this isn't good no because you weren't moving and and then you finally got up and you were just i could tell you're in a lot of pain and you know at the time you were like i don't know if it's dislocated broken clavicle separated shoulder it's just you know, you were just uh, writhing in pain, and and then we get so. Then luckily, we're we're at the end. So we were sitting there, and they got us a truck and took us back to the shop, um, which I guess brings us to the next part, which was then. Did you 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 said you like you hurt your right um, your right hand dominant, so you hurt your right arm, which is not great, and then or your shoulder, and then hurt your thumb on your left hand so then you were like i don't even know if i can drive <laughs> yeah so my thumb on my left hand still pretty messed up i don't think it's broken it looks it's like, swollen it's very swollen still and like that's as far as i can move it so yeah not much but i can still use this hand but at the time i was like my thumb might be broken also my right knee was pretty messed up the swelling's gone down on that so i'm good there but, yeah yeah i didn't think i could drive home and like i thought i was gonna go into shock because the you know probably the most painful injury I've had to date on the bike, at least. Um, luckily uh, you were there, they were there, got me to the car, loaded my bike up and put you, gave you a lot of Advil and some liquid courage. Yeah. And you, uh, you were able to, you, I had you follow me cause I know you didn't want to leave your car at Jared's and no, <laughs> I don't want to leave my car at Jared's. Got your bike all loaded up and, uh, made the long drive home in traffic back. And I went yeah. to the hospital and yep. got checked out. Hospital was a terrible experience. Waited for seven hours to get x-rays and them to tell me, like, 
yeah, it looks to be separated. Like that's really all we can tell you. So I, I just went cause I wanted to make sure one, it wasn't dislocated. Cause if it was, they can like just pop it back in. But I was also worried that I might've actually broken a bone and I didn't want to have a broken collarbone obviously, but I didn't know for sure. No, you did um, the right thing, especially going in the weekend. You don't want to just be not knowing what you yeah, have and yeah. causing worse injury. Yep. So did the whole hospital thing, got the x-rays. They sent me home with a sling that I immediately replaced and, uh, just been icing and slowly trying to get some strength back and, sitting around doing not much for the last week. But you went to a doctor and he said... Well, that was the weird thing. And you have a lot of experience with this <coughs> since you've had the same injury. But I went to the doctor yesterday and he uh, took a look at it, did all the, like, very aggressively, like, poked at it and, like, tried to move it around and looked at my x-rays from the hospital. And he was like, yeah, it looks like you have a, a grade three separation, so completely torn. Um, even potentially like a minor grade four, it could have moved forward. I can't really tell, but oh, so that's way worse than mine. You had a grade two, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot worse than yours. He didn't do an MRI. He said, there's no point really. Basically he just said, unless you really want to have surgery, I'm going to treat this conservatively because you can always have surgery down the road. Like it's not like it, nothing's going to happen. Like, the joints are torn. They're not going to grow back. So doing the surgery today or in two years makes no difference basically. Um, so he, he made it kind of seem like it wasn't a big deal at all, which made me feel good, but also discouraging. Cause I wanted someone to like write me out like a plan of like do this for the first, this week and then next week this and so on and so forth. And he just told me go home, do normal activities as much as you can. If it hurts, Stop doing whatever you're doing. Use the sling as needed. Use ice as needed. I can, he prescribed me like some extra strength uh, Advil or something like that. I asked about PT and he was like, I don't think you need to do physical therapy. Like if you feel like you need it when you come back in three weeks, I can, I can uh, refer you. And that was That's like, bizarre. that was very much against everything that I've read and watched about it. Cause obviously I've spent the last week just doing nothing but research about this whole injury. Um, the surgery thing, I definitely am going to opt to not do surgery. And if I feel like I need it down the road, I'll, I'll do it. But the the recovery time from that is like it's like half a year off the bike. Yeah. It's a pretty unfortunate amount of time to not do anything. And I think I'm young, healthy going into this crash. I think I can probably PT myself back to pretty much normal. Um Gonna get a second opinion on Monday. You definitely need to. Because like so for me, it was yeah, it was a grade two and I remember I can't remember exactly, but I wanna say it was they didn't want me in the sling more than one to two weeks at most. Because the problem is you want to rest the first week, but then the longer your arm is in the sling, you get what's called I think it's called frozen shoulder, where like you get past a point where it's like, are right, you've, you've let it sit like this too long. And now it's difficult for you to get weak. And yeah. Get, and, and you don't get the movement and it actually locks up and they want you like PT and movement from my experience as soon as possible. Just, I mean, obviously not with 
give it a week or two, but then kind of get rid of it. And then I remember them telling me only wear the sling when you're in a social environment, because you do that because you don't want someone to, you know, by accident hit you or run into you or like, but if you're not in a social environment, you should be in the habit of letting that arm move freely and just slowly, like maybe not even PT, but just natural trying to use your arm Mm -hmm. some so that you're slowly strengthening it and then going into PT. Um, but I'm also kind of surprised on the surgery because, yeah, typically like level, like grade four, I'm surprised they didn't do an MRI because when they can see more clearly how bad it's torn. And, and then a lot of times they, they say, well, surgery is inevitable. You're just putting off the inevitable. But I do understand like also I tore both my ACLs and people said get surgery and I ended up just PTing my way out of it and never got them fixed. So um, I see both sides of it, but yeah, I think definitely getting a second and maybe a third opinion, you know, is worth it, you know, because some of these doctors, man, you never know. Yeah, I mean, this dude has good reviews. He was nice, but, you know, he's like, he told me, he's like, you probably I could get in like four or five weeks, honestly. Wow. Because I guess I made the mistake of telling him that I was like very active and like he just assumed that I was not going to not ride my bike, which isn't the case. Like, I just want to. Do the proper thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like have lasting lifelong fallout from it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I've been doing this already. Like you were saying, like trying to get out of the sling, using my arm as much as I can without it hurting. I rode the trainer for the first time yesterday, no sling, like holding onto the bars, which didn't hurt at all. Like, Oh, both know, hands? Both, both hands on the bars. Um, I can get my hand like above my head now. So like, I feel like I've made a lot of progress just in this past week, the first like two or three days, it was like, I can't even lift my arm up to do anything. Um, but I don't want to overdo it either. So, yeah. I don't know. I just, <coughs> I want to get in with like a really good PT person who's worked with people who bike and stuff. And just like, you know, I need like someone to give me the exercises to do each day, the equipment to do it with, like how many reps and just have something to like, work towards yeah it's tangible that i can work towards yeah exactly yeah because i remember some of the exercises he knew i was a biker and he would have me like sit on this bosu ball and he and he would kind of move it around on me like i was holding on the handlebars and like putting weight to test my shoulder strength and like jostle and stuff like that there's a lot of cool stuff um but yeah it's a bummer dude i know it's uh you were supposed to go to Windrock that weekend yeah, Windrock. Uh, uh, the Tour de Nar de Pisga. We had a whole flyer printed out. Your girlfriend did. We had a group. We were going to go do that. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming up. I mean, I got got a new bike picking up today. Oh, that's right. It's new day. bike day. This is a uh, interesting new bike day. Yeah. So now you just get to pick it up and get tortured by looking oh, at it. It'll be good motivation. I'll sit it right next to the trainer and just think about <laughs> PTing the right way to get back on it. But um, Yeah, tell us about the new bike. Yeah, so I kind of made a decision maybe this summer, really, that I wanted to just kind of refresh my my fleet of bikes. I've been riding on Ibis bikes for like two years now. Uh, both the bikes are about two years old, and I'm the person that likes to kind of try out new stuff and see what else is out there. And so I bought the Stump Jumper Evo about a month or so ago took a little while to get used to it now i'm really liking it another reason why getting injured sucks is because you know i felt like i was progressing again after plateauing for like a year on the bike Uh, but yeah i got the 
stumpy. And then I was like, well, might as well replace my kind of light duty trail bike, down country bike as, as well. And so I was looking around at deals. Obviously, there's great deals right now. So if you're looking to buy a bike, it's a good time to do it. Did you sell your other one yet or just list it? I have it listed. I um, So if anyone wants a Ripley, there's one on Facebook Marketplace for a great deal. Yeah, it's, I got it listed for 2300 right now, which I think is fair. I, I sold my Ripley, honestly, for like less than I probably could have gotten, which was dumb because I don't, like I didn't need the money to buy the next bike and I don't now. So I'm going to try and get a better price for that Ripley. Yeah. I've gotten some bites. Um, so we'll see. But um, anyway, I was looking at all sorts of bikes, thinking about doing just the Ripley carbon edition. But I was kind of thinking like, is that upgrade really worth like the, two and a half thousand bucks that you would spend really just a carbon frame i don't think it was uh from what i talked to people about in forums they didn't think it was either so i looked at the uh, transition spur which is a lighter duty probably more cross-country bike than a than a ripley at least on paper and uh just happened that they went on like a crazy sale a few days after i decided i was going to replace the ripley so I pulled the trigger, bought one, pretty excited about it. GX build, I think it comes in at like 27 and a half pounds, which is going to be like six pounds lighter than my uh, Ripley AF. So it should feel way zippier on the climbs and way more fun to throw around. But um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Obviously can't ride it now for probably till the new year, but we'll see. Is it, uh, so what color did you get? It's like the aqua color. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool color. Yeah, it's either that or black. And, you know, I know you hate black bikes so much. I figured I had to. Yeah, you got to stand out. Get some color for you. And I went ahead and got some, like, custom uh, frame decals to put on it from um, Groundkeeper Customs. Did they put it on it already? They haven't come in yet. Uh They have to, like, custom print it and all that stuff so it takes a little while so i don't think i'll have those for like another week or two so if it actually works out because i can't use the bike anyway yeah but i'll probably i'll put those on and i think i'm going to do a full ride wrap on this bike i've never done one before but i think i'm going to do it myself so i'll have like a, a project to do over the next couple of weeks yeah that's cool and so the you said the gx build but that's not um is it transmission or is it, no, is just, it electronic or it's is, not, it's just regular GX. Okay. Um, and so you have SRAM brakes. Yeah. It comes with like their four piston trail brakes, mm-hmm. um, which luckily for me, brakes aren't a big deal cause I'm not very heavy, but yeah. they're supposed to be pretty decent. Um, and then the wheel set is fine. It's like a race face real wheel set. So I might replace that down more on, but, for now i'm just gonna leave it stock and then um what else carbon frame one-up dropper yeah pretty much it cool i'm excited to see it that'll be a very nice to look at for a while yeah man it's it's a medium right it's a medium so it's gonna be a lot smaller than my ripley which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your Ripley was just too big, in my opinion. Yeah. It didn't ride like it, but I definitely think that for my 
down country, cross country bike, having it smaller will be more fun to like zip around turns and stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess some updates on my end. Uh, I actually took out an old buddy of mine, Garrito. Call him the Ginger. I don't think I know the Ginger. He's a he's an old friend from way back, and we've been trying to get him back into mountain biking because he used to do it. And he bought a. I don't think you met him, but he he bought a. Uh, Kyle knows him and has worked with him in the past, crashing Kyle, and we convinced him to buy a bike and he got a couple years ago a giant trance used off facebook marketplace you know i remember you talking about this guy but i don't think he ever actually rode with us yeah yeah kyle and i did a couple rides with him uh, about a year or two ago but anyway got him back out there at soap and uh he did fine i mean we, we we didn't ride long but the funniest part of that ride was he mentioned something to me that I've actually thought about before and I've never openly talked about. He was like, man, do you ever get itchy arms? And I'm like, what? He's like, man, like when I'm, when I'm biking and I'm like exerting myself, like my arms are itching. And I'm like, you know what? I have, it's weird feeling like some days when I get on my bike and I'm like pushing or exerting, my arms actually feel like they itch like all over. Do you ever get that? It's a no. this bizarre feeling. No, I've never, never had. That it's almost sensation. like blood flow or something. I don't know. It's just like you're riding on and you're holding on the bars, and they just like itch. They they're itchy. Itchy, or does it feel like it's numb? No, it's like itchy. It's weird. Did you Google it. No, I, I bet, need to. I bet that there's some sort of thing. Probably you think, you think, blood flow, or you think something. we have we have issues? Obviously <laughs> not. But that's curious. I've never experienced that. Yeah, so that was uh, funny that he brought that up because I was like, you know what, I have had that uh, feeling before. So, and then uh, been I guess it's the vibration, huh? Google says it's the vibration. Yeah, the vibration. Your arms. Yeah. And then, uh, I guess speaking of vibration, we I got to when we were at Jared's try out my new bike, kind of new bike. It's the new frame. Yeah, it's pretty new. New link, new bars, fully serviced. Uh, rebuilt so the got the frame in outspoken bicycles did a great job shout out to them Uh, that's where the bike was originally purchased and they helped with the warranty and so i got the brand new frame and looks the same and just front triangle and got the cascade link which i'm very happy with it was one of those things where at first I didn't really notice anything and then when we started doing more of the downhill runs I was like yep I, I kind of feel it it's it's like a weird feeling of it does feel like more suspension less bottom out and just more um, progressive kind of through the travel and I like it I really do like it and I even rode it at Big Creek this week just to kind of see if it was a oh, fluke. Oh you really tell there right? I, Yeah especially on some of the drops and doing some of the stuff there, riding really aggressively. Um, Super happy with that. The thing that I'm kind of like a little bit bummed about, I don't notice anything with the bars. Would you, so you switched from what to what? I've switched some cheap alloy bars that the previous owner put on there. I can't remember what they are. Some weird brand. Um, They're pretty corroded and beat up. And I went to the one up alloy uh, flex bars, okay. which are supposed to be like the carbon ones. Yeah, similar to um, carbon. I really can't tell much of a difference. Have you the ridden bars. the one up carbon bars? 
No, but I have the Trail One carbon bars, which are supposed to be similar, very similar. Stiffer, yeah, and I, mean, I don't, I don't really notice that much either. I don't know the bars thing. I, I just haven't felt as much of a difference. But I wonder. If, I bet probably like the back sweep and the rise is, was the same. Yeah, and that probably is what you would feel the most difference on. I do, I do think with those one up carbon bars more than any other carbon bar that I've ridden, those do flex a bit. You can feel it, but I'm kind of surprised that you couldn't tell with the aluminum bar since they purposely made, because they did like the, I assume it's like the oval patented thing they have on their bars to make yeah, them so, flexy yeah. or whatever. That's surprising. Yeah. So, yeah. So been, been finally getting the big bike back and, and running that, which is fun. But on the downside, uh, I'm, I'm really starting to need some wheels. I just, uh. I don't think I told you this. I just cracked a wheel on this bike on the Alchemy. Oh man! And it's all at the same place. It's at the nipple or like where the spoke comes in. It just—it's just like little cracks around there. And I've broken a wheel right there before. Yeah, and it's like my other wheel that I have, I have on my race face wheel on my Ibis has had that crack around that same area for a year, and it's been fine. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to keep running this one that way too. Cause I, it's like, I, I mean, obviously I need, I want to get carbon wheels. I need to get carbon wheels, but now I'm looking at two sets <laughs> as opposed to one set. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, it's becoming overwhelming and it's hard to do when the spokes are all still there and the wheel is, it's not like the cracks are getting bigger. Um, you know, well, I don't know. Uh, for you, you warranty? Cause those are industry nine wheels, right? But they have a warranty on them. Oh, maybe I didn't think about that. Maybe I could. I Cause it's they... been, well, it's been a year. We're like right getting to a year that I've had. I would them. call industry nine. Yeah, I probably need to do that. That's a good point. They are alloy though; they're not carbon, so they yeah, probably don't the carry new, the same the warranty. The new trend is the warranty on the car or the alloy wheels too. Yeah, so need to look into that. But yeah, it'd just be nice to have carbon because I feel like you don't have to worry about those little cracks as much like you know especially around the spoke tension and around those areas you know you don't but then with carbon then you have the big cracks if you have a crack at all it's game over yeah so it's kind of yeah i don't know i think you would do good with like some like those reserve wheels that alex has that are like almost downhill level rims i think those would be great for you since you're a bigger dude and like ride pretty hard those are supposed to be pretty pretty bomb proof and they're very expensive, though. Yeah. Well, no, and that's the hard part. It's like Alex is willing to give me a great deal on his. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, for you and I talked about this, for about the same price, maybe $100 more, I can get Spoke X wheels, brand new, custom color, with Industry 9 Hydra Hubs. Well, I almost bought those For the same Alex price. too. And he was that willing to go down in price, but I was just like, brand new, custom everything. Like you can with Bokex, you can like get really cool looking hub and uh, spoke color combinations and stuff. Like it's just fully customizable. And yeah, it's, I think they're running a sale. It's like thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and then Semi Sendy gave me his code Semi Sendy fifteen, and I get another fifteen percent off. So it's like eleven hundred bucks. I would do that. Yeah. So. I would do that for 
Like, don't, I would not buy them both at once if you're going to get two belt sets. I would buy one and make sure you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wheels do ride a bit different. They're, like, a lot different. Like, I feel like you almost like some, like, not flex, but more cushion. And carbon feels, like, a lot more precise, and it's not going to flex at all. So it's, like, almost a harsher ride in a sense. Yeah. Well, something to think about for sure. It's, it's the, the list is growing of things I want slash need for bikes. It's funny. Well, it's Christmas time, so you're not Santa Claus. Yeah, but the problem is Santa Claus is not that rich. And, <laughs> you know, there's like there's like little stuff, too, that's probably more realistic. Like, I really want a, a bike bag for my uh, alchemy, you know, just for like longer days in the saddle. I think it'd be cool to have all my stuff and set them on my hip on my in my bike frame and like get one of those half bag like kind of brown like one yeah like a brown one that sits under the top tube um and then i have that second water bottle holder that i need to put on underneath oh, it right. there so then i could really like kit that out for like more of the adventure riding and then get some more like you know uh less aggressive tires maybe go tan wall i think all that would look sweet on that bike yeah i mean i that's kind of that's what i switched to is like trying to get lighter duty on my trail bike which i was talking to will about this the other day but doing some like bike packing missions which i know you probably don't like the sound of at all but doing like a little overnighter trip up in like the the um jake bull area there's like a pretty sweet 85 mile 90 mile route split up in two days yeah yeah i, know, I know how you feel about camping but <laughs> yeah no I'm, i've been camping more with my kids it's fun I mean, I've been getting more into it. Um, it's just tough when I'm away from the kids and I can have a good night's sleep in a bed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but, and the other thing is shorter cranks. So I've fallen now twice this week from pedal clipping. Oh, yeah. And there were not bad falls, um, just some scrapes and stuff. But uh, I'm just noticing I'm hitting my big clunky feet all the time on stuff. And it's just... I looked it up. So my Ibis has 175s and my Alchemy has 170s. And now like 160, 165 is the big trend. Um, so I've been thinking about that too. I think um, if you if you just like, because you're running SRAM on both those bikes, right? Yeah. I think you could just get like GX 160 cranks and they're not that expensive. But no, I've, I've looked it up a ton. You have to buy the whole set. You can't just buy the crank arms. That's what I thought. So I can keep my chain ring and my bottom bracket. Like they sell it as a set and I've looked everywhere and you can't just buy the individual cranks. You probably could from like and a it's, race, I mean, it's race still, face or someone. You, <coughs> you can from race face, but then you got to see if they're compatible with your chain ring and all that and the bottom bracket. But like, for the GX ones, I mean, granted, it's not crazy. You can get a GX for a hundred bucks crank set in 165. Yeah, online. So maybe a Christmas wish list. I'm always because I've been saying the same thing. We have like we talk about shorter cranks all the time. I've never ridden shorter cranks, so I don't know if it'd make a big difference. Yeah, I'm just assuming. Um, I know the. I think somebody asked that question on the. Um, worldwide cyclery podcast uh -huh. if that would make a difference they all said that it would so i'll take their word for it yeah yeah and then i uh when i was riding at big creek this week i've been noticing the past couple times there's a uh a drummer boy out there a drummer boy yeah literally a, a kid from high school 
drives out into the field, like where you're going from the upper lot to the lower lot, pulls over the side and just takes out a snare drum and just starts practicing. Really? Like literally like drum line, like, <laughs> like, not, like for like a long time. <laughs> and I, I just sat there and I was like, wow, this is wild. There's a couple things there. Either he, he needs to practice and his parents kicked him out of the house or he's just, I don't know, real into drumming and trying to find a quiet, serene place. Maybe it's therapeutic. I don't know. But it's just, it's interesting to be like in the middle of the woods, like in a field and just see a guy next to his truck just drumming by himself. If he's a high school kid, I would imagine the parents have said, go practice the drum somewhere outside of this house. Uh, That's pretty funny. And then... I talking about you hurt your thumb. So I've been noticing my thumb has been hurting and I've been, I listened to some other podcasts and they were talking about skiers thumb and I, and it, and it could be the same thing that happens with a bike. You were telling me my levers are low, which is kind of where I've always had them. I I don't like them high up. I, my brake levers are lower down angle, but that's also putting a lot of pressure on your thumb when you're, when you're going downhill, depending on the stage. Oh yeah. And maybe I need to raise them up a little bit because I, I, I'm feeling that um, pain right there in the thumb. So, I don't know. You ride yours pretty flat or pretty high, I guess? I ride mine flat, like maybe slightly pointed down. But the thing I've always kind of come to realize is that most time when you're braking, you're going downhill, right? So, especially on my bigger bike usually that downhill is pretty steep and if i'm like curling my wrist over my bars to get my levers like that's going to throw me in a really weird position even just for controlling the bike so like i try and ride like on my on my evo pretty much flat with the ground mm-hmm. so that way when i'm going downhill and i'm like i'm not having to like do some weird reach to get the brakes i would give it a try yours when i put my hands on your bars the other day i was pretty shocked at how like down they were yeah yeah, so, give a shot. so many different things to try. Need to just start messing around with stuff more, I guess, because I get I just get stuck in my ways and don't change things. But something I need to look at doing. Oh, did you ever, by the way, hear um, uh, from Will about how Winrock was? Because I noticed he didn't ride. I think the day you were supposed to meet him, I think he just rode that one day. I actually didn't uh, talk to him about it yet. I need to. I haven't seen him. Since, uh, Cause that was his first time since I crashed. Yeah, it was his first time and he was super excited about it. Obviously he had a great time the first day. Uh, I think he got like, like 20,000 feet of elevation or something crazy. Just ripping laps all day. Um, no, I, I didn't talk to him about it yet. I need to give him a call, but I do think you're right. I did not see him post about Sunday, but that's, I mean, that's Windrock, man. Like it's, I think we, the, but the first time me and you went there together with Crash and Kyle, all three of us said, like, I don't know if I could even do this another day in a row. Because it's, like, mentally taxing to, like, be so focused and, like, so keyed in on what you're doing for that long. So <coughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he just was like, that was awesome, but I can't. Like, And it beats you up, man. It's so rough and so fast and so steep. Like, you got to peel your hands off the fucking bars after each run, you know? You're right. It, is, it can be brutal. Um, oh, and then blankets. I w- went out there last week, and I told you about 
they have the new dirt jumps that they, they just finished up and near the parking lot that look pretty cool. But then Narnia, we haven't ridden there in forever, and I rode out there, and they added a ton of new trails out there that were gnarly, like scary. Yeah, it looks really cool from your pictures. I'm assuming you said it was like just a separate hill altogether, yeah, right? Yeah, separate hill, and they kind of take you on it. You have to go on it based on the signs to begin with. It's a lot earlier on the trail, and they're like Remy Metallier, Yoan style, just massive drops, gaps, rock rolls, uh, big creek gaps at the bottom, stuff that I was shocked Sorbo would ever allow. Well, could you but, tell if it was... Oh, it was legit. It was legit, or oh. just some people doing a little secret add-on? No, they were very easily signed, very well built i mean massive they had these massive bridges they built wood bridges over fallen trees and wow yeah it was a big operation so something to to look forward to when you're back on the bike because i i like rappelled down half of it <laughs> i mean even the stuff the original narnia stuff is steep like a lot of those shoots are they're short but they're crazy steep you know yeah I guess the big news that you kind of showed me about in the bike world, if we're talking in general now, is the the uh, YouTube uh, war with Pink Bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. It just happened upon that on my for you feed. Um, I think it was the Loam Ranger that posted the video, um, who I like a lot. Good, good dude. Seems super nice. Lives up in I believe BC, like around Whistler, but. Uh, it's funny. I listened to that podcast, the the Pink Bike podcast, when they're talking about their like pet peeves, and I must have either just not been paying attention on that part, or just didn't even didn't even register because I never thought anything of it. And the podcast came out a few weeks ago, so he obviously has been sitting on this for a little bit, thinking about what to say about it. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I kind of I kind of see both sides of the fence, and I. I can see how maybe what uh, the Lone Ranger was saying, he's taking things a little bit out of context because I went back and listened to that part of the podcast and I don't know if you did the same, but probably not as bad as what he was making it seem like. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, for those of you who don't know, essentially Pink Bike, biggest media outlet for mountain biking, essentially said they hate the fact that there's these rookies or bumbling buffoons that just go out and ride bikes and they're not, you know, and they're videoing and, and they're just cluttering up the internet with a lot of trash videos and POV of them riding bikes on trails. And, you know, it was very much an aside and yeah, I think of it both ways. Like I do on most things. It's, it's like, yeah, they're just being funny and it's, it was kind of an aside. Uh, but I guess if you're a, a content creator, you may take offense to it because, you know, that's their living or whatever. And I also understand, like, the the, whole, the funniest part about it is that's, you know, Pink Bike used to be that. Like, they yeah. were the bumbling buffoons, and they're also not pro riders, and that's how they make their living is in yeah, media. It's very funny. And, you know, Friday Fails is how they, you know, get their big hits. And, you know, people that are not great on bikes that are falling are, like, some of their most watched stuff. And, and then on the same note, you know, I personally, we've talked about this. We like a lot of the guys that aren't pro riders because you can relate to them more and you can actually learn about the trails and it's not just shred it. So, I mean, I agree with what the Lone Ranger, who's an influencer, said about all that stuff. I think it's just, uh, 
I think he probably took it a little too personally, but um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I get why you would take offense, and I mean, you you're doing mountain biking content creation. Maybe you're not doing the video side of things, but making a podcast. I mean, you're in that group, you know. But uh, I think the 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 worst take that the pink bike guys had was that anyone who's in the mountain biking industry whether it's an influencer or even a media guy or or whatever is only doing that because they're not good enough to be a racer which i think is super wrong um i know you like racing and like like to follow some of the racing stuff i like have tried to get into it this year but personally racing is just not my thing i don't follow it professionally i don't really care about professional mountain bike racing and i think the vast majority of people don't. Yeah, like I think you're right. If we took a poll of all of our friends we ride with, I bet 10% or less care or even know about professional racing. So yep. I thought that was pretty stupid. I do think you're right. They're just joking around. Um, you know, I don't think they're trying to offend anybody. But I think that's the problem with our generation now is everything's picked apart and everything is just easily offended and, you know, so PC and it's just tough. Yeah. I don't know. He definitely is getting a lot of uh, comments and views on that video, though. So right. Smart, and I think, move, smart and the, move on his part. And I think Pink Punk doesn't mind it either because they're probably getting more press from it. So uh, it's it's probably they're both probably laughing to the bank anyway. <laughs> For sure. Any press is good press. So yeah, and then the the last big of I guess mountain bike news is Nico Manali, who came out with uh, Frameworks bikes is now they're now for sale so he's selling his own bikes which is pretty huge first time in history uh you know i think uh, outside of geathian i guess a world cup rider is really bootstrapped and just kind of homegrown selling bikes yeah and it's cool for us because we've met the guy he's in southeast, the southeast so yeah. he's like kind of more of a well-known name around here in these parts and the bike looks cool it looks raw um I know he's got an enduro frame on the way, maybe sometime next year, like next spring, I think is what they were saying. I think next summer, yeah. But I, I watched the YouTube video of him just like going through like the very technical aspects of like how he got to each geometry number and like the pivots and Dude, that guy yada, nerds yada, yada. out. Yeah, he knows his shit, man. He really does. You, you can see, tell how passionate he is about uh, yeah. it. You see what those frames are going for? Oh yeah, they're not cheap. <laughs> Fuck no, they're not cheap. Start saving your pennies, folks, for those uh, enduro frames. Thirty-five hundred dollars for the downhill frame. Yeah, without a shock. Without a shock, fucking crazy. So, but that's a badass bike to have. Oh, sweet. There's no question. I would love to have that enduro bike, and I'd love to have the downhill bike if I lived right next to a bike park. Um, but yeah, I mean, by the time you outfit it all, even with lower end stuff, you're looking at like a seven thousand, eight thousand dollar bike, probably. Oh, more than that, dude. Yeah. Most frames are like two grand or yeah. less for like, like, I think you can get like an S-Works frame for like 1700 bucks right now. So, but you have one of a hundred bikes. Well, I didn't, so very, I didn't know. Very boutique. I didn't know, like, is he doing a limit on sales? Like, hundred. Did he say that? It's a hundred. So it's only a hundred. That's frames. all they can do. Yeah. That's all they have capacity for. Well, if you're one of those people, that's. Yeah. Pretty badass. Pretty cool. Let <laughs> us know. Hit us up. We'd love to interview you on how you, how it is once they ship them in February. Um, but just the hype around it's all really cool. And yeah. just the story. 
and the guy's super smart. I mean, he sees it. He's not winning World Cup, so he's like, I'm okay. May as well open up bike parks, start a bike brand, you know, yeah. diversify. Diversify the portfolio. Doing a lot more social media, get YouTube going. He's also just know. a nice, like, likable guy. Yeah. Like, he really seems like a genuine dude. I haven't had many conversations with him, but he's always been very nice when I've seen him at Windrock. And, you know, I like, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's raining now, which is good. We need it. And I think it's going to rain through the weekend off and on. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the weather report. It's kind of rainy. I'm hoping uh, that it rains for the next five weeks straight. <laughs> it just becomes beautiful outside. Uh, no, because then i gotta, I got to catch up on my Strava miles. This is my only time to catch up to you. Yeah, does my uh, my miles on the trainer count towards my... No, gosh, <laughs> no. I hope I hope Strava's realizing that. What's that's funny, I, so I bought... I didn't have a trainer at home, and I realized I just need something because... I can't run right now. It's too, it hurts too much. And you can hike. I was hiking. I can hike, but I don't like. I really try not to drive that much still, just because, like, my arm's still in the sling most of the time. And and uh, even with hiking with the leaves right now, like one fucking dumb little like slip, if I fall on my right side or put my right hand down to brace myself, I'm fucked for like an extra three months or yeah, three weeks. It's yeah. just like not worth it to me right now. So I've been like walking around the neighborhood, but. Got the trainer, went and bought like the cheapest trainer I could find on Amazon, set it up, and it's, it works well, but there's no way to like hook it up to like speed sensors or anything. So I can't do like Zwift or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I can just run my watch workout and just see my calories burn and like assume how fast I'm going based on how long I've been going, just based on like what my average speeds are on the road. But I'm, trying to like hack some sort of way to get like a bike computer on the rear wheel that'll track speed and then i'd probably get into swift because i feel like that would be much more enjoyable but right now i'm just literally sitting there watching uh like bkxc on youtube and stuff like that which isn't the worst thing in the world but are you mentally are you going crazy yet because i know that was one of your big fears is just like not having the outlets um it's been tough because it's been so nice out. It's just, more than anything, it's just frustrating, man. Like, just having an arm that doesn't work the right way. Like, it was like, you know, I felt bad the first couple of days. Like, it wasn't a big deal just kind of sit around. But, like, now that I've, I'm not, like, in pain anymore, it's just, like, frustrating. And, I don't know, it's just a weird thing. I've never had an injury like this. So, it's just a lot to get used to. But you told me this last week. Uh, I'm certainly going to be way more grateful for the, for the rides I get once I'm back and won't ever, you know, take anything for granted. Um, and I also think, unfortunately, I probably won't ride my big bike until January or February, to be honest with you, (coughs) unless the shoulder just feels great. I can't see myself like going back to Jared's for a while or wind rock or even honestly going like riding some of those like those Pisgah trails i'll probably be ripping dupont with my dad and we're up there in brevard <laughs> yeah i mean you probably remember when i injured myself i kept telling you like dude let's stick to flow trails i don't want bumps because yeah i mean essentially all that jostling is 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 your shoulder kind of moving and kind of it feels loose and kind of popping is this and the out. shoulder yeah so you don't even 
mean, you slightly have that bump. Yeah. Like mine is way worse. <coughs> no, I could feel it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely going to want to, when you do get back into it, stick to flow trails. Like that one I was thinking about at rope mill, the mill trails that are like real machine, super flowy. Like just oh, those, ones. those are perfect. Yeah. Like just doing those like nothing else. Cause they're just all smooth rollers. You yeah. Know? Like I go to like Haw Creek is another one. Haw Creek is just smooth rollers. Like the whole way, you know, that kind um, of riding, yeah. uh, gravel riding, dirty sheets, you know, just stuff that's less jostle. Like the tech is not, you gotta, it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's actually, it worked out in a sense because now I have this, super light cross-country bike that's great for like these more mellow trails and so that's what i'm gonna be doing for a while so it'll be nice to have this bike that's yeah i can go bust out big days but not be doing gnarly stuff so we'll see fingers fingers crossed that uh no one recommends surgery for me or anything and i'm back my my goal i think is to ride a bike outside by like Christmas time, um, maybe even just on the road. But I'm hoping to be back on. Then you're gonna have to buy a road bike. I have a road bike. Oh, well, I stole my dad's road bike. <laughs> uh, that's what I have hooked up to the trainer is my road bike. But um, yeah, Christmas time, definitely by the new year. Hopefully, we'll be back. But we'll see. Yep, long road to recovery. It's yeah. it's a bummer. I've been there multiple times and uh but it's a part of it it's part of the sport man unfortunately yeah it's it, it's funny i don't ever think about biking being dangerous really like when we're just out there doing it and then something like this happens and you're like well there's been so many times where if you just like slightly fucked up you could be hurt way worse than me and you've ever gotten hurt oh yeah like, it doesn't take much and it's usually like when you're saying like you're just doing your regular ride and you're just not paying attention and one yeah. little slip. That's the crazy thing. It doesn't take much. Yeah. The ground is hard. Rocks are hard. <laughs> trees are hard and bodies, even if you don't think it are pretty fragile. So it's definitely a real, uh, eye opener. I'm worried that I'm going to be riding scared for a while, but I actually, you will. I think everyone does. I actually don't think I will be because of what I fell on. If it had been some like, if I hadn't have fucked up solely because I wasn't paying attention and it was like a like a feature that I did the wrong way or something like that, I think it'd be way more like mentally jarring to get back. But knowing that it was simply because I wasn't paying attention, I hope will help me like not really think about being scared to hit jumps. I mean, I'll stuff. tell you mine. I've done all my bike injuries were not paying attention and they weren't that crazy and i was scared like i it took me a while to gain confidence back i think it's just part of coming back from injury you're just you're just nervous you don't want it to happen again you're like i just made it this far yeah. i don't want to do it again you're kind of extra focused you're extra cautious because you want to ride your bike and i think it's natural like as much as you say what you say i really do think you're going to come back cautious because you're, you've known how hard it is to work to get there, and now you're there, and you don't want to mess it up again. Um, but I see what you're saying. I mean, you're definitely going to uh, pre-ride, re-ride, pre-ride probably more from now on as far as looking. Because your other injury, 
at Pine from cutting your arm open with stitches was also from. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. It bit take, you twice now. Take those first rounds <laughs> a little bit slower. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm, hope, I'm just hoping that by like summertime, it's something that I won't even think about anymore. Now you need to be like the boys of Jared's, take up disc golf and just use your left hand and get into Frisbee golf. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to get creative, keeping you active. But anyway, thank you for uh, being willing to get on the pod and share your depressing story well, of crashing. Thanks for helping me put my new bike on the back of my car since I can't lift it on my yeah, own. Yeah. <laughs> I'm helping Trent load up his new bike for new bike day. And uh, as always, everyone, uh, go out and search for your ultimate Nirvana. Now get. Get.